This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, fighting against ageism in the workplace and the marketplace. Find out more at carp.ca. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Christine Ross for Libby Snymer. Home sharing that matches students with seniors is a growing trend in Canada to create intergenerational living. And any guesses on the car of the year in Canada? Find out in a moment. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. For the first time in 65 years, there are now more millennials than baby boomers in this country. Statistics Canada says boomers accounted for 40% of the population from the mid-60s to the early 70s. The agency is also reporting the average age in Canada dropped slightly between July 1, 2022 and this past Canada Day. That was also a first since 1958. Higher immigration through both permanent and temporary streams has helped slow population aging. A new groundbreaking 20-year study out of China has revealed the key biomarker changes in the progression of Alzheimer's. Scientists don't know exactly how the disease forms, but it ravages the brain long before symptoms appear. Compared with people who remained healthy, Researchers spotted differences in a sticky protein amyloid 18 years before Alzheimer's patients were diagnosed. Other biomarkers appeared every few years afterward. Researchers say this timeline of brain changes will help with testing new treatments and preventive therapies. For the first time in more than a decade, a new treatment for metastatic pancreatic cancer has been approved by the Food and Drug Administration in the U.S. The chemotherapy drug, Nalirafox, has been approved for patients who have not received any previous treatment. In a clinical trial, the drug showed an overall survival rate of just over 11 months, a significant improvement over 9.2 months overall with previous treatments. The drug, delivered by IV, is a combination of three previously approved cancer drugs that have already been approved for other purposes. But this new combination used as a first-line treatment is new. Well, we have to wait until the end of April or early May to see the cherry blossoms, but it's coming early in Japan. A recent heat wave means residents get to appreciate the country's world-famous blossoms weeks ahead of schedule. Tokyo's cherry blossom trees are expected to flower March 18th, followed a few days later in other cities. On Japan's southern islands, the blossoms open as early as January, while in the north as late as May. The usual timing for the blossoms in most major Japanese cities typically takes place around late March or early April. My story today is, obviously, I found a flower mill. We painted it red and called it Bob's Red Mill. It's been a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful life. The founder of natural food company Bob's Red Mill has died at 94. When Bob Moore was 81, rather than sell out to a food giant, he transferred full ownership of his company, estimated at over $100 million, to his 700 employees. 
The former gas station attendant says he appreciates their dedication to transforming the company into what it became. Founded in Milwaukee in 1978, Bob's Red Mill grew to become a massive global natural foods giant, marketing more than 200 products in more than 70 countries, including Canada. I'm Christine Ross, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. An Ontario-based company is making intergenerational living normal in Canada. Spaces Shared is a home-sharing platform that matches students with seniors who have empty bedrooms, and the company says it's been overwhelmed with requests. With affordable housing more elusive than ever, this program is not only a win for students, but it creates some income and connections for seniors who face isolation in growing numbers. We reached Spaces Shared co-founder and CEO, Rylan Kinnan. It sounds to me a bit like Airbnb meets elements of a dating app. How does this work and how do you vet a student matching with a senior? So that's a really good way to think about it. Um, What we do is two pieces. We ask the student about themselves and then about what they're looking for in a house. And we ask the older adult about themselves and to tell us about their house. And all students on the platform have had their identity verified. They've also had their student status verified. We ask them questions about foods they want to cook and don't want to have cooked in the home, substance consumption. We ask about cleanliness. We ask about their comfort with pets, allergies, all of those pieces. And we ask uh, the older adult similar question. And when the student sees a listing, they can see how well they match Uh, their expectations match the older adults. So they get a match score, they see what they match on, what they don't match on, and then they choose to reach out to the older adult. If they choose to reach out, they send a message through the platform. Um, Their last name, the older adult's last name, remain hidden throughout this process. The older adult's uh, specific address also remains hidden. We just show a circle, a quarter mile radius around the home. And if in the messaging, they choose that they want to get to know each other better, they meet by video in the platform, We give them a discussion guide with some key things that they should talk through. And then if they want to proceed uh, and they feel comfortable with each other, they then can enter into the home share agreement, which is automatically populated by the platform. So what we've tried to do is make it very easy and very safe for verified older adult hosts and students to meet folks that they're compatible with and that they'd have a good chance of having a good living relationship with. So it's no secret we're in the middle of a housing affordability crisis, average rent, 2000 and climbing. You say this solution is really a win-win, not only for the student, but for the seniors involved. How so? For the older adults, there's a number of things that make this a win-win. First of all, especially if they're living on a fixed income, the additional monthly income is massive. Um, it can mean that they have more flexibility to do things outside of the house. It may mean that it can support a renovation. Um, Perhaps if they were looking to do any accessibility improvements or functionality improvements to their house, this is a stream of income that could help with that. But beyond the income, and I would argue even more importantly, this is a huge health benefit to older adults. Older adults that have companionship and company are both physically and mentally healthier. It's very well understood at this point. Um, It also is an opportunity for older adults to remain in their home a little bit longer. An older adult might be thinking about uh, living in assisted living because, you know, taking the garbage and recycling out is challenging. Shoveling the walk is challenging. Getting up on a chair and changing batteries in a smoke detector is challenging. A student can help with all of those things. So it really is a win-win both in terms of financial health, uh, mental and physical health, 
and also the capacity to age in their home for longer than they might otherwise be able to. So you just mentioned something I want to touch on more, and that's aging at home. More seniors are wanting to do that in their home. Do you anticipate this trend taking off as it has um, in other countries where intergenerational living is more common? I certainly hope so, and I expect it to. Canada has major challenges, as you said at the beginning, with housing affordability, and it's challenging for everyone. It's very challenging for students, but it is also very challenging for older adults as they look to figure out what does life look like as I age. Most older adults, as you say, want to age in place. It makes sense. It's where their networks are. It's where their communities are. They know their homes. They know their neighbors. So I really hope that more Canadians will avail themselves of this opportunity because it creates a massive benefit for students. It creates a massive benefit for older adults. And my view is this will make us a healthier, happier society if we do a better job taking care of each other. So this is geared at seniors who have extra space in their home. Could it be as little as one bedroom available? It could be. We currently cap it out at two bedrooms maximum. Uh, But if you have just a single spare bedroom, um, that you're able to rent out in a home that you own or a home that you lease, you are welcome to create a listing on Spaces Shared. Can you tell me an example of a successful pairing that you've witnessed? So um, one of the pairings that I've witnessed uh, that's been really exciting to watch has been um, actually not an older adult, but uh, a host that uh, has some um, long-term disabilities that have kind of acute moments. And she has made this amazing relationship with an international student where the international student helps her with raking leaves, taking the garbage and recycling out. And they've become close friends, too, on top of everything else. So the student previously, I think, was living in a, in a house where he was sharing a room with two other young men. He's now living in this beautiful house. He has an ensuite. And his host has help and companionship around the home. But one of the things that we've seen from all of our hosts and guests is hosts really seeing the opportunity to be kind of a community guide and support to the students, like helping them figure out where they should they get groceries. One of our other hosts helped figure out what bank the student should sign up for. She she found a local African grocer for her student. Uh, She compared cell phone plans. Like, it's really meaningful both for the older adult to be able to provide that kind of connection and support to the student, but for the student to get that almost concierge-like service uh, of entering the community and getting the wisdom and experience that their host has of living in that community. And how many agreements do you have to date? Um, We're at a couple of dozen so far. Uh, We've launched with, uh, I believe, about 15 schools in the last six weeks. So we expect that number to go into the hundreds in fairly short order. Uh, We've been live in the market now for only about 10 months. And really what we've been trying to do is just make folks aware of this as an option. And what's been extremely exciting is the number of hosts we've had who said, I've been thinking about this for years, and it's only now that I understand the safety and the security and the fact that Spaces Shared stays involved after we actually move in together that I'm now willing to do this. Rylan Kinnan, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on today. That was Spaces Shared co-founder and CEO Rylan Kinnan. I'm Christine Ross, and this is the Zoomer Weekend Review. Coming up, Toyota wins Car of the Year. You're listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, brought to you by CARP, Canada's largest and most influential association fighting for the interests of Canadians as we age. Find out more at carp.ca.
the Automobile Journalists Association of Canada has just named the 2024 car of the year. And the winner is the Toyota Prius. And Toyota also claims other top spots. The awards were just handed out at the Canadian International Auto Show in Toronto. Jill McIntosh has been writing about cars for years for various industry publications, and she was also a judge at this year's car show. We reached Jill to find out what older drivers want in a car. How do you choose car of the year? What is the criteria? Well, what we're looking at, um, the Automobile Journalists Association of Canada, or AJAC, we look at, uh, at vehicles with an eye towards consumers. So what we're looking at is, our, we're looking at things like their performance, um, how practical they are, uh, whether or not they're good value, their fuel economy. Basically, um, in each category, are these good choices for people? And what makes the Prius the best choice for people? With the Prius, we're looking at uh, fuel economy and the way it performs. Um, it's, uh, it's a new uh, generation of it, so uh, the first thing you notice is it's considerably better looking. And the performance has really improved. And it's, uh, you know, relatively well-priced for what it is. And these were the things that we looked at and said, you know, this is is our choice. Toyota also appears elsewhere on the list of best cars. Toyota took two of the four spots that we have. Um, We have um, Car of the Year, which was the Toyota Prius, and SUV of the Year, which was the uh, Toyota Grand Highlander. And then this year we've added uh, categories for electric vehicles. So our electric car was the Genesis Electrified G80, and the electric SUV was the Genesis Electrified G70. And Genesis is the the higher-end, the luxury brand from Hyundai. How are older drivers um, embracing e-vehicles? It's hard to say. Um, They are still a niche. There's still a very small um, segment of the market, but uh, they are growing. They have their their good and bad points, and and the best way to look at an electric vehicle is it is one more choice in everything that is available to consumers. Some people need a a full-size truck for what they do. Some people want a very small gasoline vehicle. Um, Some people want to be able to drive across the country without worrying about uh, refueling it. And electric vehicles, again, this particular niche where they do have range limitations, but if they fit into your lifestyle, that's a vehicle that might work very well for you. Jill, what accessories should boomers insist on in a new or used car? One thing I would look at is uh, we are getting a lot of um, driver-assist technologies now in new vehicles. Um, Things like adaptive cruise control, which maintains uh, the distance between the vehicle in front and and your vehicle. Things like blind spot monitoring, where it uh, warns you if there's someone alongside. Um, Backup cameras, uh, which show a, a view behind when you're in reverse, they're now mandatory on all new vehicles. And these are things that um, you don't depend on them, but they can make driving uh, a little easier, um, give you a little bit more confidence when you're out on the road. I find as I age, um, driving at night becomes a bit more difficult. I find the lights are more glaring. Have manufacturers attempted to help drivers who struggle with night driving? 
night driving is a problem, and I'm starting to see that myself. And part of the problem is that uh, we have LED uh, headlights, which are, as you, as you mentioned, very bright. And they're very good if you're the one driving the vehicle. If you're the one that's coming at the vehicle, then it's, it's a bit more of a problem. Um, lighting technology is, is advancing very quickly. Uh, some of the problems we're running into is that uh, regulations for lighting are not keeping up. So we will be seeing uh, things like uh, matrix headlights uh, where the pixels can, can go up or can come on or off um, depending upon uh, what the vehicle is seeing in front of it. So you could have high beam headlights that just veer off a little bit and, and they don't cause a problem for oncoming drivers. Now that's all in the future. Uh, right now, the advice I have for drivers is don't stare at the lights as they're coming on and look to the right, look for the line that is on your right-hand side on the road. And that's a little easier than trying to look ahead or to the left for, for the line there. For seniors on a fixed income, the used uh, car market is a better financial alternative than new, but there has been a shortage of used cars. Why the shortage and has it improved since the pandemic? It is improving. The, the reason that, that uh, used cars went up uh, so high, and they really got ridiculous, was that there were supply chain issues uh, during the pandemic that affected uh, the number of new cars that were being built. So uh, dealers couldn't get in new cars, and people who had to replace their vehicles, the, the, uh, the used car market was where they went. So you are still finding that used cars are elevated. They are coming down as the supply chain issues uh, get better and dealers have more inventory on their lots. But you're still going to be paying um, a little bit more. Has the car industry taken a hit with high interest rates? It has. Uh, high interest rates are a problem um, for, uh, for consumers. And sales are getting better, uh, but they're, they're still, it, it, it's still a, an odd market. It's getting back to normal, but it's not going to be until we start seeing that uh, those interest rates come down. Jill McIntosh, thank you for this. Thank you for asking me. That was automotive journalist Jill McIntosh. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Christine Ross for Libby Zneimer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. Zoomer Week in Review is produced by Zeev Huddy, Christine Ross, and Paul Thomas. With technical production by Ian Robertson. Executive producer, Moses Nimer. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.